Psalm 96. I read this verse. I was, um, I think it was Saturday. I was walking down one of the streets here. And if you're familiar with the city, I was on 8th Avenue, uh, not too far from Penn Station. And um, I just got thinking about all these people in the city. It's just a massive city. It's beautiful. I mean, I love it. I, I just, I was talking to uh, one of the speakers. I think it was uh, Joel Beakey. He said, uh, this kind of, he said, these, these kind of things kind of drain me. And I said, it's the exact opposite. I just get fired up when I'm around this many diverse people and um, just the activity and the, I mean, the city that doesn't sleep. And, um, but I was also thinking all these, all these people, there's Christians here, there's non-Christians here, but it is for a gospel advance in a large city, as well as any city, it is spiritual warfare um, in a dimension we can't see. But, and, and because it's a dimension we can't see, we often discount it and maybe think that really our praying is just, that's how, I think that's how praying turns into a vending machine or praying just for physical needs, or praying for travel safety. We can see these things, but we can't see the advance of the gospel in people's hearts. So um, so um, as I was walking down the road, I, was, I thought of this verse, um, and it, I, think it, <laughs> I, think, I think it applies. It applied to me at the time, but it's Psalm 96, verse 6, says, O come. And that's what we're doing. We're, we're bidding people to come to prayer, come before the Lord. Oh, come, let us worship and bow down. So we're actually calling people in our prayer, in our evangelism, we're calling people to bow down before the Lord, to submit to him, to realize the end of themselves and that their all their needs can only be met in our God. So, oh, come, let us worship and bow down let us kneel before the Lord, our maker. Um, when Jesus calmed the winds and the waves on the Sea of Galilee, I always think about the fact that they, the winds and the waves, recognized the voice of their creator. And one of these days, every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Um, even if there's hostility and open oppression, open opposition. God made all this. God God, God made everyone and loves every one of these protesters, as well as the church people that are in the, in the building. Um, he's the maker. Uh, he made the dimension we can't see. It's all his. And um, as I, as I thought about that, I thought about the even in the dimension that we can't see, that God created, the enemy wages for our soul and for the souls of others. There is spiritual battle going on for the souls of mankind, but we are not alone. We're not some soldier on some lonely island battling the devil by ourselves. Now, that's why we're together. We're together as an army, as a host of soldiers um, praying for the advance of the gospel. I got thinking about the walls of Jericho. The walls of Jericho crumbled, and I really kind of like that word, um, 
and it really makes no difference whether I like it or not, but they crumble. I could just hear, I could hear the walls crumbling. I could hear the, the cracks starting in the wall and then the shifting of the stones and maybe some debris starting to fall. And then the utter devastation, the, the crumbling of those walls at Jericho, um, was accomplished by the unified shouts of God's people and the hand of God. So God used his people to accomplish spiritual warfare. And I believe the Lord can use us in our praying to do the same, even to the place of the strongholds of darkness can be plowed through by our praying. Maybe, maybe the strongholds of darkness start seeing fissures in them and cracks in their strongholds. And uh, as we pray, maybe they're not down yet. Uh, obviously, there's darkness, and, and but uh, maybe um, as we're praying, there are there's penetration of the darkness. Whereas if we weren't praying, that wouldn't happen. So we are in a warfare. This is spiritual warfare, even as we pray. So um, yesterday in this room is um, who was here with me. Um, uh, Harold Vaughn was, was, you can't see where I'm pointing, but he's right next to me. And as we closed the prayer meeting, we got talking about um, an icebreaker, a ship that plows through the ice. And in front of the ship is hardness. In back of the ship is, is open sea. And um, I, I almost see our praying as being, we're, we're in the ship together. We're the fuel of the ship. We're the furnace room that Spurgeon referred to as those praying in his basement. Uh, we're the we're the furnace of the ship. And Jesus said, I will build my church. And he's penetrating the ice. He's penetrating the darkness. And it, and we can hear it. We can hear it coming and we can feel it happening. And it's because we're praying. Um, so I would encourage us today as as we pray, let's let's even pray for the the icebreaker ship to break into the hearts of those around this ministry, as well as those that we know that are not in New York City, that don't know Jesus Christ as Savior. Let's be praying that our praying would be the penetration into their hearts for the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ. Spiritual warfare and uh, progress. We love it. So I'm, I'm still thinking about the icebreaker ship and maybe maybe being on shore and hearing the action of it, hearing the ice. That must be a an ominous sound to hear the breaking of deep ice. And maybe God would allow us to hear the breaking of hard hearts and uh, seeing people draw nigh to Christ and seeing God connect dots in their minds. And that gospel that I received from my loved one or my spouse or my sister or my, it starts, it starts working and they start asking questions. Um, I think I told you that few weeks ago, I was in Utah, and um, the the people in the church that I was preaching, in which I was preaching, uh, many of them are converted Mormons. And I went out to lunch with two of them, a man and wife, afterwards, and I said to them, and they were recently, within the last year, trusted Christ as Savior. And they were probably maybe mid-40s, um, so they'd been through life a bit, and, and uh, I asked them, how did you come to Christ? 
And they said that the Mormon church teaches us not to question anything. We can't even talk to our spouses about our questions. Um, but we started talking. And both of us, we found out that both of us had questions that we didn't know each other had because we were not allowed to talk about it. And uh, so then we had to find, we went online and we started listening to sermons and we found out the truth of the gospel and they trusted Christ as Savior. So my question to them was, if you had questions, do other Mormons have questions? And they looked at each other and they looked at me and they said, we don't know a Mormon that doesn't have questions. 100% of Mormons question what they've been taught. So coming back to our icebreaker ship story, let's just be praying that God would take people who are questioning or seeking. Maybe they're like those priests in Acts 6 that many priests became obedient to the faith. These are religious people that thought they had all the answers and God broke their hearts. This is spiritual warfare, but to a glorious end of seeing people come to the glory of the Lord. So uh, I'll read this. The psalm verse again, and then uh, and then I have one more passage to read, and we'll go to prayer. Oh, come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord, our maker. We're going to pray before the sovereign of the universe that's driving the ship. And uh, I will build my church. But then lastly, you know this text. It's very, very familiar. Second Corinthians chapter 10, verses 4 and 5. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty. <laughs> I love how Paul sticks that in there. But mighty in God for the pulling down of strongholds, for breaking up the ice. Verse 5, casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity, into the obedient obedience of Christ. So we're going to pray. But please be mindful um, that we're a united prayer group. We're a chorus. We're kind of a choir. We're in symphony. And uh, we're praying together. There may just be one person praying at a time, but we're all praying in back of that one voice. And uh, we're penetrating the darkness. And uh, may it be a, could we say, a mighty anthem proclaiming the glory of the Lord, even proclaiming our dependence and I think we could even extend it to that, that we are pro proclaiming victory, even if victory is not in sight. Um, victory is in sight in Jesus Christ, but we're going to press forward. And uh, until the day that we don't press forward anymore, and we're in glory, and we can rejoice in that.